you ready for us yet? Are you finished, baby? Are you ready for them? Oh, <laughs> I am disgusted. <laughs> I want my shorter shorts for you. Come in. <laughs> ago he got a book to hold my private thoughts and now we're gonna take a peek grab a drink or smoke some pot your private thoughts are read aloud how does that make you feel i don't remember what i wrote this stuff might get (laughs) (laughs) nothing here is sacred i'm haunted by my past it's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Well, finish the theme song first. Someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. Bigger hero. Oprah's favorite podcast. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, Mike. Hey, Cam. Good afternoon. And to you. Welcome to my best friend's journal. Thank you so much. We're we're back in the same space again. I know. You're in my fucking house. You never leave. Don't act like you don't love the joy I bring here. I'm also really uh, pleased to see that you dress for the occasion. <sighs> I'm doing laundry. Mike's dick tip is on my dining room chair. Thank you. That's very generous. <laughs> I'm wearing Oh, my... that it could reach the chair? Yeah, my shorts are very sharp. <laughs> my penis is shorter. Um, I'm doing laundry for uh, our trip we have tomorrow, which is we've mentioned before um we're getting on a train across the country halfway across the country because we're already in denver to san francisco but in the meantime all i have is a tiny little swimsuit so that's what we got yeah they're like uh, cheerleading shorts if anyone went to if anyone went to high school in the early 2000s like those little sophie shorts that all the girls wore um i think he even has the waistband rolled down our friend sam is nodding very fervently <laughs> so i think that's a good time to welcome her to the show we've got her and aaron with an e uh <laughs> Who we've mentioned many times in this podcast before. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, we're not alone in the room. We have guests for, what, the third time ever? Third time it's ever. It's a rare and beautiful occasion. Yeah, we. Uh, so the four of us are going on this little train journey, and we figured we'd take this rare opportunity of being in the same room to record a little podcast. Little train journey. 30 hours trapped <laughs> in a roomette with this motherfucker. It is three feet by six feet. Cam can't get over the et part of the roomette. <laughs> we rented a roomette, and we just we haven't seen it yet, but we assume the et means it's going to be quite tiny. <laughs> uh, so Aaron, much like our beloved president, uh, is obsessed with the Amtrak train. <laughs> It's one of the few things that uh, they have in common, including their vernacular and <laughs> the year we were born. <laughs> What'd you say? The year we were born. The year they were born. Exactly. Uh, before we get any further, a little background info. We all met at Schmush Martins mm-hmm. many moons ago. Are We've familiar? been thickest thieves ever since. Actually, it's kind of strange. We weren't thickest thieves when we met. It was like years after Martins that we all just kind of ended up in the same place. Except for Cam. I don't really know how this worked out. The four of us somehow are magically very good friends. Um, Tell the people who you are, where you come from, how you wound up at this fucking table. Let's start with Aaron. So I was in a show at Smush Martins with both Cameron and Wessels. And they were the real talent in the show. And I was an Irish dancer. Um, and they she did got all- paid twice what we and got. I got and <laughs> yeah, I got let's talk about twice. the real talent. I got paid twice talent. as much and uh, <laughs> did half the work. Um, and it was very, very fun. I remember being very sad when Wessels left. That was, we cried on stage. We didn't cry when Cameron left. Um, <laughs> we left at the same time, you twat waffle. <laughs> Wessels left early that summer to go study abroad. What was her name? 
Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Aaron uh, was and still is an active Irish dancer. Owns her own studio, Brooklyn Irish Dance. Check it out. Wessels was our inaugural singer in our first um, our first off-Broadway production. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have done it without you. You made you made the people cry. They did it without me the next year. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have done it without you until the next year when we did it. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have the budget to fly you in from California. Uh-uh. It is Brooklyn Irish Dance. <laughs> Um, and Miss Sammy, I never call you Sammy. It feels sweet though. Hmm. One of the most supportive people in our lives and also like couldn't have different, um, I don't know, taste. What's the word? Like this has been listening to every episode of this podcast (laughs) and like religiously commenting on it and things. Mm -hmm. But, um, she, she doesn't. I don't even think I've ever heard you use the F word. Uh-uh. Want to no. try it? <laughs> no, thank you. I can bleep it out. <laughs> she said, it doesn't feel no. on brand. <laughs> no. It no. feels it, mm-hmm. like when you guys say it, it's funny and I laugh. It's natural. Whenever I feel compelled to, it feels off. Like mm-hmm. like nobody's going to find that funny. It mm-hmm. will only sound harsh coming from me. No, I we'll once, all find nope. it funny. <laughs> uh, dancer in a former life, now in people operations. <laughs> Tell us a little more about you, Samantha. I'm also from the world of Schmush Gardens. Nope. Oh, Schmush Martins. I'm so sorry. Someone might be able to figure it out. Oh, Schmush Martins. I actually was never in a show with any of these three, but my ex was. And one of the best things I got out of that relationship was inheriting you guys. Oh, make me fucking cry. That's <laughs> the sweetest thing you've ever said. And this is why we call her our nicest friend. Now, you are. <laughs> From the Schmish Martins area, but you haven't lived there in quite a long time. Um, I've been living in New York City for the last 11 years. I think that makes you a real New Yorker, right? I think I'm a New Yorker. I will never say that I'm from New York. Is that fair? Yes. Sam, you've been mugged. You're a New Yorker. Can I say that? Facts. Yeah, you're going to say that? You were mugged? Okay. I was like assaulted. Oh, she somehow held a knife to you and stole your purse. Neither of those things are true. <laughs> there, no, there was, heart no. That so, did not happen. I'm the worst friend of the group. I was jumped. Like, like surprised. Like someone did. Donkey punch you like, in Brooklyn? strangle me. Uh-huh. Uh, there was no strangle knife. you? Like yeah. put their arm around your throat? Yeah, arm around my throat, like from the back. As opposed to a different kind of strangling. I pulled out my pepper spray and I sprayed him behind me. But also... The Did you just have your hand on it? Were you walking at night? I was walking at night. I was texting while I was walking. We don't do that anymore. Not supposed okay. to do that. Oh, I mm-hmm. do, but I like I look up frequently. I text like with my phone, kind of. You're up. also not a single woman. You also text on like your city bike. <laughs> I do. I take Marco Polo's in the city bike, but also more importantly, not a single also woman. Risky behavior. Yeah. yeah. But there wasn't any knife. They didn't take anything from me. Thankfully, like. Either my pepper spray scared them away or the miraculous guys from the corner store happened to notice and chase him away. Yeah, it was a full on miracle. Seriously. All right. So, ladies, there's a thing that we like to do on the podcast in case you've never listened before, Aaron, um, (laughs) where we like to ask our guests what their gayest moment of the week was. Now, this can be anything. It can be when you felt gay. It can be if you did something gay, if you had gay sex, anything. You let us know. Um, And as the guests, you get to go first. So, ladies... My gayest moment of the week would probably be just hanging out with Wessels, I'd say. But rubs off on you? In those fucking shorts. In those shorts. He didn't wear them in Brooklyn, but probably should have. I wore them in Texas. Uh, (laughs) Different pair. pair. At least those were denim. (laughs) 
<laughs> my Daisy Dukes. Like, David Dukes. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I recently moved to a doorman building. It's very nice. Um, I'm very happy. Um, I'm very happy. I've made good choices. But, uh, I was, and I was talking about coming back and forth with Wessels. And I was like, do you think the doorman like think we're dating? Because I've never, they've never seen me with a guy before because I just moved in like a couple weeks ago. Like, do you think, do you think that like, uh huh? So your doormen are headless? Well, and I was like, do you think they think like, man, does she know her boyfriend's gay? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious to us. <laughs> and then my other friend, one of uh, the dancers from Brooklyn Irish Dance Company, also ended up staying with us. And as we were walking to the gig, he's like, so are you and that guy like dating? And I was shooketh. So <laughs> this is a gay friend so, of yours. Yes. <laughs> It's about our age, who yes. was unaware. Well, he was going to have a come to Jesus with you. He was going to, honey. Yeah. We, he was <laughs> unaware that I was, that feels insane. He was asking, do you know your boyfriend's gay? <laughs> and then I also ended up listening to your podcast because um, I stopped, I stopped listening to the podcast. Readers, listeners. 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 It'll be a book someday. <laughs> <laughs> listeners, ignore this next part. <laughs> I stopped listening to the podcast for a couple of weeks because we now have a uh, audio group chat and really... <laughs> like eight hours of listening to Cameron and Michael talk is enough for me. We sure do have an audio group chat. If you listen to the very, very end of episode 101, you got a little clip of Aaron from that uh, video group chat using some of her liberal clap trap. <laughs> well, I started listening again on the plane because I wanted to do my homework before I got on the podcast. Very responsible. Uh, right. mm-hmm. And I, but also I was on a plane and that wasn't going to be enough to satisfy my brain. So I also just watched Chicago the movie musical uh, on mute. The award-winning movie musical. I watched Aaron listen to me and watch Richard Gere and Christine Baranski. At one point, when she comes on, she she goes, it's Christine Baranski. You love her. I was like, I do. I do love her. She was on the podcast. (laughs) She was. She was one of our best guests ever. Um, Yeah, that felt pretty gay. I was like, man, there's a razzle-dazzle in your eyes and a fisty farty in your ear. (laughs) Fisty farty. No. (laughs) Do you need the visuals stimulation too like the pod wasn't enough um i do on planes because i am crazy (laughs) (laughs) but otherwise no are you just a nervous flyer so you want to be like stimulated in every way possible Mm -hmm. yes okay why do you think we're taking a train tomorrow All right, well, that's uh, enough gay for a lifetime out of you, Aaron. Sam, I mean, I guess it's you a could... a pretty gay week. It was, a, I mean, you're with your two best it's, gays. It's getting gayer. <laughs> it By is. <the> minute. Miss <laughs> um, Samantha, mm-hmm. do you have a gayest moment you'd like to share? I kind of want you guys to pick. Okay. Okay. First one. I was having a work meeting, but not everybody had joined the call yet. So at the top of the call, we're just visiting, catching up. People were asking how Seattle was because they knew I was traveling. And I was telling them how I had explored the neighborhood I was living in, which is Capitol Hill. It's adorable. And walking around, the houses are beautiful. They also have all of these pride flags, these Black Lives Matter flags. And I loved it. I was so excited. I was telling the group how I loved that Seattle was so forthcoming, really open-minded, you know, stating where they stand. And then I learned later on that Capitol Hill is the neighborhood. Mm. And I said to the group, oh, that's why I'm so comfortable here. And I didn't realize till later, I thought to myself, did I just come out to them? <laughs> like, do they, 
Now think I'm a lesbian. Accidentally came out and she's not gay. Yeah, that's a pretty fucking gay moment there, Sam. It's hard to even uh, if you're even if it was an accident and even though you're straight, it's hard to walk back in the closet, uh, you know? You don't want to correct it. You're send an email. Yeah, I mean, who cares? Send an email. In case anyone thought I was gay, I'm not. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but if if there was, then I yeah. Yeah, there's really no there's really there's no, no way to walk that back. Oh, Sam, that's amazing. Okay, so I'm curious to know what was uh, gayest oh. moment part B or um, option B. Option B, you guys were like partially present for because this was while I was taking my neighborhood walk of Capitol Hill and I was just sharing with all of you all of the beautiful architecture and I just had this moment on thinking video to, chat. yeah on the video chat I had this just this moment thinking to myself I'm like just like a woman by myself in Capitol Hill rocking her burks appreciating all of the gardens mm-hmm. and architecture mm-hmm. and Home Depots <laughs> and right, I was like is this this is too much of a stereotype Sam are you coming right out to us on this <laughs> recording <laughs> like I love it did you get into your Subaru afterwards <laughs> it was a Kia um Love that so much. Speaking of Birkenstocks and lesbians, Cam, what is your gayest moment of the week? (laughs) Or moment? I mean, it is on brand. Um, Listen, I didn't know what my gayest moment was going to be until you told me this morning. I was was asking Until you asked, I was like, that was pretty gay. I was like, what was my gayest moment? And he was like, maybe yesterday when you called your mommy. I was like, oh, (laughs) fuck you. But also, okay. There's a stereotype for you gay men and their moms. Yeah, um, so I we were playing a card game yesterday, and it was a game. It's Euchre, my very favorite card game. I was teaching the group, um, and we were having a good time. And I grew up playing with my family, and I had one. I was second-guessing myself on some rules. And so I instead of Googling it, I just called my mom. Um, And she was very happy to help. It was one of the things, you know, it's like interior design and card games I can bond with my mom over. So it was great. Um, and she helped me in that moment. And then mm-hmm. apparently, um, I solidified myself as a grown ass homosexual. Well, what really did it for me, the reason I suggested it is because later on, on a walk, your mom called back and you put her on speakerphone and it, it was very sweet. It was a relationship you really only hear between a mother and a gay boy. Even if it's like not the most perfect relationship, there's still, <laughs> there's a foundational thread there. And, uh, she we're, called, we're good uh, with moms as a people. Yeah. She, she had to correct some bad information she gave you about the game. And she was beside herself <laughs> that she may have given you some inaccurate rules to Euchre. And, uh, She's like, I you're going to kill me. <laughs> like, Oh, calm down, mom. I just thought the, uh, the drama and the, uh, you know, the phone call instead of the Google, mm-hmm. Felt quite gay. It was pretty gay. It was a chance to chat with Mama. Yeah, ma- ew. <laughs> I call my mom Mama sometimes. Do you? Mm-hmm. You're gayer than I am. But she's in my phone. It's Mom Wessels. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have another one? No, it's because once upon a time I had a shitty phone that I couldn't use the keyboard. I think this is like back in flip phone times. Nine. And I had to call with um, voice command. I'd say call Mom, and it would keep saying, "Great, who is Mom?" And then I'd be like, mom, it's in my phone as mom. And it would ask me who it is because it knows that mom is a relationship. And it, it was asking which oh. name in, in your phone is mom. So I changed it to mom Wessel so it would respond more easily. The phone couldn't type, but it could recognize that mom is like a character. <laughs> yeah, the screen was, bu- was the screen was busted, you see? <laughs> when talking to Aaron, you have to speak in a certain way so she oh, understands Sorry, you. she didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. She's I'm a carnival whoa, whoa, barker. I'm about to flip it a these phones didn't have a lot of razzle-dazzle back then. Not a lot of bells and whistles. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, all right, Mike. Last and certainly least, what was your gayest moment? <laughs> last and least. I think the only actually gay moment, I stuck it in a dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't yes, say that. My mom listens. She in. knows. She, so much. she literally claps when you get laid. No, she got the clap when I got laid. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know what that implies. So <laughs> it ain't great. A very close uh, relationship. I actually, so visiting Aaron in uh, in Brooklyn. She's going to come across this table and punch you in the face. Her and her other gay friend Joe had a gig. So I had a few hours to myself in Brooklyn. And I remembered that a gentleman I used to date. Gentleman, he says. Yes, a gentleman. A gentleman caller. He recently moved to Brooklyn. And I was like, well, what are the chances? Texted him. He had said before, I'm moving to Brooklyn. And if you're ever around, hit me up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, hey, I'm around. I've got a few hours. What are you up to? And uh, <laughs> he was like, actually, I have a date in a few hours. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, um, cool. Well, next time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, like, how far away are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wanted that good, good. So we <laughs> made it work. And to the best of my knowledge, he had his date afterward. <laughs> Um, he shows up to the date and the guy's like, your mustache smells like asshole. <laughs> That's what Aaron said when I got back in bed with her later that night. And when we made out, I didn't, I didn't smell anything. <laughs> Maybe you helped him relax for the date. Yeah. <laughs> Something was relaxed for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, it felt, I mean, this is pretty off brand for me sneaking it in in a couple hours. Like I have a few hours free without my friends. I was like, I guess I'll go. At least you had like a dick appointment available to you. You didn't even have to get on Grindr. It's just a text. What was, yeah, that's the nice part. Not having to, Grindr's tough. I've, it's pretty infrequent for me because there's always that awkward hello barrier. Like mm-hmm. it really is not easy to just, for me, it is for some, um, but I have a hard time just going from zero to hookup. But this you guy. emotional loop. Yeah, we had a history. We've had sex before. It just is much more comfortable with someone you know, you know, someone you mm-hmm. trust. Um, mm-hmm. So that made it easy and fun and quick and pleasant. And you just got in and got out, as they say. It's about as gay as it gets, my friend. Well yeah, done. That's... And congratulations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's unfortunate. I have sex so infrequently that I do need to be congratulated each time. <laughs> Not anymore. You're in a, I feel like you're in a season of plenty. We do talk about it every time it happens, though, which makes it seem like maybe it doesn't happen that often. (laughs) Well, that was a rousing round of gayest moments. Honestly, well done, ladies. It's not always easy as straight folks to come up with your gayest moments, and I appreciate that. Listen, it's Pride Month. It It is is Pride Month. We have to be on our game. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a quick five, get some uh, iced faggot lattes, and we'll be right back with (laughs) you. And we're back. All right, friends. Now that we're back, we'd love to give you the opportunity to ask some uh, questions I think have been on your mind in a segment we're calling Ask the Fags. Yes, doggos. Yes. Hey, mama. I think this is going to be like a good cop, bad cop scenario because Sam has very sincere questions. <laughs> Who's the good cop? And mine will not be sincere. <laughs> Aaron's like, can I see a whole pic? <laughs> we, we can start with mine. We can warm up. We okay. can warm up with mine. Okay. So... At the start of the pod today, we talked about how we met you guys, and you guys have probably just talked in general about how you met, but I'm actually curious if you remember, like, the first time you met each other. I do. Do you? Um, It's a trick question. <laughs> oh, I do remember, because I came to visit that year that I wasn't performing at Schmush, and you were. It was 2009. Yes. A mutual friend of ours uh-huh. was like, my friend Cam from last year is going to come visit and see the show. I think you'll love him. You should meet. And we met very quickly. I remember a hat you had on. It was like one of those little kind of train conductor hats. Oh, hats were really big. Oh, I loved hats. In that year. (laughs) Well, for me or for anyone. They were big that year. Hats and vests. Yeah, hats and vests. Well, they were big for me because my hair was a leaving. (laughs) And I was going to ride roller coasters. (laughs) (laughs) Just little ping, ping. 
Hairs, hairs flying out on the roller coasters. Worried. I was worried about them flying off my head. I was worried about how my hair would look when I'd get off. Oh, I thought you were worried about the momentum of the of the coaster <laughs> prematurely uh, balding. No, you. I used to. No, here's an inside tip that no one at this table would know. Balding men hate wind because you leave the house with every, literally every hair in place, and you walk into the wind. You're like, God damn it! <laughs> It is like, I would use tweezers to do my hair. It was like fine tooth combs. Wow. So yeah, if I was going to an amusement park, there was a hat involved. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that sounds right. Yeah, we met briefly that we weren't like, weren't really friends until the following year. But no, we but didn't meet then. Yeah, and that cast, that former castmate of both of ours um, had told both of us, like, I think you guys would get along. You have very similar senses of humor. She has been so influential in my life. She has literally changed my life and she is someone who I'm like not very close with today. We had a great time in that summer and we're friendly and we, you know, keep up on instagram but she got me on cruise ships which introduced um, me to michaela and christian that's a huge mick hmm. kick and cam this one lady yeah indirectly making kick but i wouldn't have been on cruise ships without her that's yeah. very true yeah thank you for sharing i actually didn't know that story yeah i didn't so, either something new hmm. i didn't realize you weren't there in 2009 Mm-mm. you took a year off i took a year off i went back and finished college um and then mike was um we would try to like this is going to surprise no one. We would try to like outgross each other in groups. Like, like we were, we would like riff on each other and like just like say the grossest things, have the foulest mouths, and we were just like those two friends that like would just sit in the corner and just be absolutely disgusting. And it, at least we were laughing. I don't know if anyone else is having a good time. My my boyfriend at the time was horrified. He would leave the room. <laughs> I feel like that's a really great segue into my question. Who invented the game Taint or No Taint? And can you describe the rules? <laughs> Honestly, I think it was one of the straight boys in this cast. Uh-huh. 100%. Yeah. Are you sure? Because I yes. feel like oh, no. Cameron was a very <laughs> no. active player. Well, Oh, I would play, sure. But we would, it was invented by the, the straight boys, I think, because they liked to gross each other out in the way that, like, the fratty kind of straight boy way. Mm-hmm. And, and we just happened to be. super not gay. And, super not. No, th- there's no. definitely no homoerotic undertones in pictures <laughs> well, of your near genitals what taint or no taint is um if in case it's not a common in your vernacular <laughs> listeners um it is a close-up picture of something that could look like a taint or it could be your taint it's never actually it's usually cracks mm-hmm. it's less often a taint looking pick and more often a butthole looking pick yeah you just zoom in and sometimes um it is. it's really a butthole and sometimes <laughs> it's like an arm crease yeah. sometimes it's an arm crease yeah and um, we would do things like uh you know because most guys taints are a little hairy so you'd like zoom in on your leg really close and mm-hmm. play taint or no, you know like could it be it could be um sometimes it was actually a taint I, we've definitely seen all of our friends taints <laughs> i i don't know if that's true <laughs> Sorry, all of those Sorry. friends. Cam has seen all of his friends' taints. It's kind of a non-negotiable for me. It's one of the first things. You grab drinks, you look at each other's taints, and you build a relationship from there. Meet, meet me at the bar, bring a taint pick. I haven't seen either Aaron or Sam's taints. Do you want to show? Cameron and I have showered together. We absolutely have. That was the day I tried to steal puppies. Was the, we, we tried to steal puppies. It was a team effort. Sam, any more taint-related questions? <laughs> Um, no, all my questions will definitely take a, a hard right turn. Okay. okay, bring it. Bring us back to to. Back, we've we've back got like north. a good angel yes. and a bad devil over here. Towards um, your heart, as opposed to a good devil and a bad angel. <laughs> <laughs> There's those. Uh, okay, okay. My second question is: What's a response from a listener or feedback you've gotten that you're really proud of or has stayed with you? Aww. That is oh, that's so, such a Sam. Aaron question. over here talking about taints. <laughs> Sam's like, this is important. Um, I I think the thing that has stayed with me the most, and I mean, no offense to anyone that's reached out in between now and then, but the the very first time we heard from a listener, mm. um, because I remember saying to Mike, um, 
when we started putting this podcast out into the world, you know, like you, you want to get listeners and it was at a time where everyone had a podcast. I mean, everyone still has a podcast more now since the pandemic, but like so many out there really like impossible to break in. We had no idea if we would get like a single listener that wasn't a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, and I said to Mike early on, like, as soon as we hear from a listener, um, that is not one of our friends, someone that's a stranger, mm -hmm. I will feel like this was worth it or this, this has succeeded mm -hmm. because we didn't have a metric for success. We didn't yeah. know what we wanted this thing to be. And that has been the most meaningful thing overall has been hearing from people just like people in, I mean, we heard from someone in fucking Tasmania, Australia <laughs> yeah. last week. Like it was crazy, but, um, the, the very first time, I think it was like two or three episodes in, it was very early. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, and we got an email. Hey, I'm a new listener. Um, I saw you guys on Instagram and I just wanted to let you know, um, it feels like hanging out with two friends. It's like a dinner party I wasn't invited to, but I still get to hear the conversation. And I was like, okay, that's our vibe. We can keep doing that. You know, it's someone's responding to it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mostly gay men and straight women <laughs> in English speaking countries. Um, but yeah, it works. Uh, it, it worked out really really nicely that 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 happened quickly mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. while i love hearing from I, I mean it's very special always to hear from especially closet people or people who are recently out people mm. who feel encouraged by this podcast to perhaps try and live more authentically yeah i love all that so much it honestly is always very meaningful to read but i'm especially moved by um i've had a bunch of people that have been in my life for mm decade that I don't keep in contact with, um, you know, haven't spoken with in forever mm -hmm. that will randomly reach out with something very specific about the show and tell me they're listening. And I've reconnected with a couple good friends, um, over this podcast. And I didn't even like, I had no idea some of these folks were listening, mm -hmm. which, uh, is equally inspiring and horrifying. I'm like, oh my God, what <laughs> have I said? You know um, what you've said. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when those people like come out of the woodwork, that feels very special. Yeah. Yeah. And considering the things that you've admitted to on here, it's even more shocking that they're willing to reach out and to rekindle that kind of friendship. <laughs> One of them was the, uh, was a roommate of mine who I hid my dildo in her room. Um, she was the one who was like, I'm listening. That dildo story is me. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh God. This is, this is a, this is a serious question, which means it's off brand for me. Mm -hmm. At what point, before you started the podcast versus once you started getting into it and realizing the conversations that you were having, when did you kind of understand the type of vibe you were going for? Or I guess like, cause I think like when we were talking about, it, I was like, Oh, well like you're going to talk so much about performing. You're going to talk about like your life. And you were like, but I don't want it to be about that. But obviously that's how you two met. That's a lot of your history. Mm -hmm. And also just being gay and living as a young gay man in America is a huge it's part young. of the conversation. <laughs> he is well, he's in his 30s. Um, but how much of that kind of was, it sounds It sounds so stupid to say intentional. Was it, it intentional to be gay on the podcast? It, <laughs> That's my question. It doesn't sound crazy at all because we asked ourselves that question a ton at the beginning. Like, what are we, I think to answer your question, we kind of let it be whatever it was going to be until people started responding to it and telling us what they liked. We cut a pilot episode. We sent it to like 20 close friends and said like, and family <laughs> shockingly. Um, and we said like, will you guys listen to this and give us feedback? And then we tried to take the things that they liked and take that forward into, you know, episodes two and beyond. Um, and so it just kind of, it, it turned into more of like, catching up with two gal pals and then you know and and less of the journal over time not that that doesn't matter um but it's just uh you know now the episodes are kind of in two you know mm -hmm. we have the we have the yeah. the chunk mm -hmm. which is just us chit-chatting mm -hmm. and then obviously the pandemic changed that a lot because we were like we aren't doing anything mm -hmm. what are we going to catch up about yeah. wow. um so we started watching a lot of tv and talking about that <laughs> the journal part is a good catalyst for conversation and i think the point is mm -hmm. to 
lean into anything authentic, mm. especially authentic things that we maybe don't hear as much. Mm-hmm. In the very first episode, it comes up that Cam peed on me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, my mother-in-law heard that one. And that's, I mean, a very silly example, but like uh, things that, you know, you don't share over dinner all the time. Mm-hmm. Things yeah. that are perhaps relatable and less spoken about, mm-hmm. um, but still real, you know? Um, yeah. And two, Mike and I, like we, as we talked about before, we had from very early on the kind of relationship where we joke about anything. We mm-hmm. talk about anything. There's neither one of us are very shy. Um, that will come as a surprise to no one. So, um, yeah, we just we decided that we would just let the stories come, um, and pretty much everything makes the the edit. Sometimes we have to psych ourselves up. Like, can I say this on the podcast? <laughs> um, but we do. <laughs> See episode 14. Yeah, it's like the the journal gives you a reason to come together, but the conversations and the the authenticity that really happens is is kind of the heart behind it. Yeah, none of this would happen if Mike hadn't just opened up his like inner thoughts to the world. The uh, ultimate legs. icebreaker. The, yeah. oh, and his and his legs. And his legs. Okay. What's something that you've learned about yourself through this process? Good or bad? <laughs> I have learned that I'm often, I give grace to people that I don't give to myself. Mm-hmm. I just generally don't seem to give myself the credit or flexibility that I would give to a friend in the same circumstance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is good to remember as I'm living my life. I'm like, yeah. what, what would I say? You've asked me that before. You mm-hmm. said to me, I said something and you said, you would never, if one of us came to you for advice mm-hmm. in, in the situation she said that flipped, like a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you would never tell one of us that you would say something like this. So mm-hmm. like try and speak to yourself the same way. Yeah. Like I heard advice one time from someone, it was actually another podcaster and they said, um, you know, when you get, down on yourself like if you start like having a lot of negative self speak or you start like you start kind of like you know being mean to yourself like picture yourself as a 10 year old and like Mm. would you say that to young Cameron you know Mm -hmm. like like would you say would you like verbally abuse them say like your body's not good enough or Mm. you're you're not smart enough or you're not talented enough or anything you would encourage that Mm -hmm. young person that you cherish that grew into you you know to like you would encourage them like you would never say that to their face so why would you look in the mirror and say that to yourself now because in 20 years from now that's you again you know um to answer your question for me i think that i've learned that my tolerance for sharing personal and or embarrassing stories Mm. is much higher than I thought it was. Um, I, we joked a lot on episode one that I was fleeing the country because we, we (laughs) launched the, the, the pilot, we put the pilot out and I was like leaving on vacation. And I remember (laughs) like I was at LAX going to Europe and I wasn't going to have service for 12 hours. And I remember being just so nervous, like, Oh God, what am I going to come back to? Episode one is so tame. I told a story that uh, like uh, or Mike told a very true story about a time I peed on him when I was too drunk in my 20s. And like that now seems like, yeah, of course I would talk about that, you know, but I was so nervous and that bar has moved and certainly not in a way that I regret, but in a way that I'm like, I understand that talking about things like uh, fraught relationship with my parents, fraught relationship with, with religion, like going mm-hmm. to therapy, all these kinds of things that people have responded to, to us that we talk very frankly about because we're buddies and we're, we're in. you know, we're, we're having a conversation in a room that we are then later throwing into the universe. Um, it just feels so natural to have those, have those talks. Um, it used to make me very nervous Mm -hmm. when we would push publish on an episode. Mm -hmm. Like, what did I say Mm -hmm. that I shouldn't have shared? And I don't really have those feelings anymore. Um, because the people that I care about have responded in the way that I would want them to. Mm -hmm. And the people that are listening are the people that are entertained by it, you know? So, um, it's reaching the audience that it's meant to. 
Speaking of oversharing, mm-hmm. <laughs> assuming you've kept a journal your entire life, Cameron, what five years would make the best podcast? <gasps> oh my god, I love that I love question. this whole interview like <laughs> format, you guys. We need it's to like, do more media. It's like Lauren, uh, Lauren Lapkus. She like has she's got a podcast where she invites someone else to be the host. She's oh. always the guest. She's always the guest. That's, a, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. What five years? Um. The journal that I would be most interested in reading, um, which would definitely be the messiest, would be like my last two years of college and the two years in Korea and then the Mm. first year in Chicago. So um, Mm. like it was those were all my schmushmarden summers. Those were all my like regrettable decisions that was like the my first like big boy job where someone was paying me to like you know like flew me to Korea and put me up and and all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. I, I had to manage people um and then on the other side of that coming back to um to live in Chicago and like navigate the big city for the first time I'd always dreamed of living in that city I remember like going and buying a suit for interviews like what a waste of money but like uh you know all this kind of stuff like I would just felt like a big boy for the first time you know I peed on my friend all this kind of stuff <laughs> Um, I was sleeping on an air mattress in a friend's living room for like a year and I thought I was living the best life. I was great because I paid like nothing in rent. I was living in the city. I loved, I I was being paid in soup. It was awesome. Um, That's a a tough payment for you specifically. Is that why you hate soup now? (laughs) Um, I adore that question and Mm -hmm. I would like to ask the same of you both. If you were to have, assuming you didn't mind the world hearing everything in your personal journal Mm -hmm. and you were going to you know, do this, which five years would you pick? Mm-hmm. Honestly, they'd probably be close to Cameron's five years. I, Cameron and I, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I do feel like we're little foils of each other because we were both performers for a short time. And then we both like quit and we're like, I'm going to become a designer. And then one of us stayed a graphic designer. And then the other one went and started a podcast. Uh, but uh, Oh yeah, that this is my job. He doesn't design at all anymore. <laughs> he doesn't do anything like that. Screw you. Um, but no, but we, we graduated at similar times. We mm-hmm. were at gardens at similar times. And then- at where? Um, we were performers at similar times. Um, I, I was performing in the States for a couple of years and then I did my first international tour, which mm-hmm. was very long and very interesting, um, is a way to put it. Yeah, a there lot are a of, lot of parallels there. A lot of good stories. And then I ended up moving to New York City properly, mm-hmm. um, I think around the same time you moved to Chicago and starting my, my second career as a, as a designer and going to design school and trying to sort things out. That was also the time that both Wessels and Sam immediately left New York City <laughs> and left me, and left me alone to fend for myself um you did great i did okay uh this native this native new yorker can't i know left to fend for herself in the I big always, city i always told all the europeans that i was from new york and they said they called me big apple girl big. <laughs> <laughs> they asked me they said what does it mean i was like what does what mean they're like big apple and i was like well, i don't know <laughs> And they were like very annoyed that I couldn't give them that answer. And I looked it up and it turns out it came from nothing. So nobody knows where that came from. Yeah. It's just like There's Richard n- Gere's gerbil as if from nowhere. It's on the episode you haven't heard yet. It's a very, um, it's telling that, I mean, that's basically the time period I wrote about just a couple years later, post schmush. Um, yeah. Mine's not too far off from that at all. It's probably starts the first year I moved to New York in 2010 and goes through a stint back at Schmartens, um, like a like falling in love, having a hard relationship, falling out of that relationship, and then like making a new life in New York City. Because I think the same theme with Aaron and Cam is 
that was like the greatest season of growth mm. and like figuring out who am I? Yeah. Who am I in this world? Who are the relationships that matter the most? That sounds like a treatment for like an HBO TV show. Like I would read that and be like, yeah, send that to pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Does this mean that all of us are incredibly boring now? <laughs> Dear diary, tonight I went to bed at seven o'clock. It was wonderful. Um, do, Sam, you do keep a journal. Did you back then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I know that you're never going to start a podcast about it, but like, <laughs> do you ever go back and look at those journals or are they like, is that like scary town? And are they daily or are they when you're inspired? Uh, the goal is daily. That is not what I actually meet. Um, <laughs> Most journalists do the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I started in college. I've been journaling. I have two shelves worth of journals. Wow. And definitely in the pandemic, there was a day where I sat down and just read them from beginning to end. Wow. Was that therapy or was that trauma? It, there were a lot of moving moments. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I was laughing at myself where mm-hmm. I was ridiculous also, I, I made me sad that I wasn't journaling every day because there's mm. things I wanted to hear about mm. from my yes. perspective mm-hmm. back then that. and didn't have it. And so it actually inspired me to be more consistent mm-hmm. in my journal. You know, time is good for all these things. But I got to tell you, this is my second year. The journal Mike got me and reading like panda like I, I read back every day, um, mm. you know, for when I'm when I'm journaling and it's just five lines, but just like fresh, like refreshing the the craziness that was 2020 i'm like too soon i need to like block it out and go back in like five years because right now it feels a little traumatic honestly yeah i've only i've only kept a journal twice in my life one was in fifth grade because i had a crush on a boy in chorus what was his name what was his name um his name was andrew oh yeah Uh, we were we stood next to each other in honor chorus it was very exciting she was was talented i was a soprano too He was also a soprano. Yeah, you're, all, you're all children. You're all sopranos. <laughs> I don't remember we sang My Heart Will Go On because that movie had just come out. Mm. It was a very fun um, composition notebook. Like the black and case. white? Well, it was black. It should have been black and white. Mm. That's how they normally come, mm-hmm. as you know. And this one had like flowers. It was, that was very like bell bottoms were just coming back in. Was it Lisa this Frank? This is 1998. Uh-huh. Um, it was not Lisa Frank. Bell bottoms were coming back in. It had a lot of flower power. It was very like Delia's, you know. Oh, yes, and, um, yes, 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 But just yes. in case, because it was like a little too fun, I wrote math on the cover. <laughs> uh, uh. So no one would know that it was my journal. <laughs> and uh, the only other time I kept a journal was for two days I started it on September 10th, 2001. What the fuck, and then Aaron? I, and then I wrote one more entry. Oh, yikes. <laughs> and wow. that was it. What, what happened the next day? <laughs> Can we say on this podcast that your dad was, like, in the police force in, like, yes. he was, he's a New York police officer. He's a New York State police officer. Mm-hmm. He actually ran the operations out of the rivers for the rescue mm-hmm. um, during 9-11. So, so um, talk about a was, day to start a journal as the it, daughter of a, a first responder. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, and it's funny cause I wrote my feelings down. I don't even, I don't know if this book still exists. And I remember at the time being like, this feels dumb. It felt so insignificant, I guess, mm-hmm. to be like, I should write down my feelings about this. And also like, I wasn't exactly verbose. It was ninth grade. <sighs> so I'm just like, this sucks. I, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I did recognize at the time that I was like, I should write this down. Something, this is an incredibly yeah. traumatic moment. And to just have that like two, two paper would be worthwhile and then i never opened that book again i'm just thinking if you didn't write it down how would any of us remember what happened <laughs> i'm just thinking just a, I like, have a nice I'm moment September here. just a couple hundred miles north mike was throwing himself on the washer screaming why <laughs> and his mom was like you need to calm the fuck down this is not about you right now I was like, stop it <laughs> oh my god 
<laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, anyway, um, real quick before we move on. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know how you wrote math on the front of that journal? Yes. Um, when I was like 14, 15, I was just like starting to explore my gayness um, outside of, you know, my neighbor's barn. And I, um, I, I didn't have access to like pornography mm. i like was too scared to download it on the the family computer after my it mom wasn't plentiful on the internet uh, no for, mm-hmm. i think i said this on the podcast once but one time as a kid like probably 13 or 14 on a saturday morning before anyone was up i was trying to download a porn image do you remember how the images would load from the top line 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 and finally there was like a naked guy on a couch and i was like yes and my mom walked in i was like i she didn't see what was on the screen but i clicked away so fast she was like were you looking at something you shouldn't have been? I was like, nope, no, no, no. Computer just froze. She gave me like the knowing mom eyes, but couldn't, she couldn't yell at me because she, she knew I was lying, but she didn't know what I had done. And so I like, she backed out of the room. So anyway, I had like a cache of, um, like men's fitness and muscle and fitness mm-hmm. and international mail catalogs, like all the things that weren't quite porn, but you could definitely see a dick print, you know, it was like, and I was just like <laughs> chafing myself too every night. And I didn't know Get where to lotion, put kid. any of that. And so I took it, I had a shoe box. Labeled math. <laughs> no, but I wrote, I wrote, do not open Cameron's journals private. Like LOL. Absolutely. You walk into a 14 year old boys room and you see a shoe box that says, do not open private. What's the first thing you do? And also like, you open it up and see a bunch of men's fitness magazines in there. That would have saved me a lot of coming out, but I don't think they ever found it. I just bat it buried. I don't think under- they would. They would. I mean, well, they didn't get it. They didn't want to know. They were they like, didn't. oh God, he's into fitness and doesn't want to tell us. <laughs> so pathetic. All these like oiled up guys in speedos, and like yeah. Wow. Explains a lot. All right. Well, that that was all very earnest and as sweet as it was and as much as i love the questions i do want to wrap this up with something just disgusting because it is my best friend's (laughs) journal after all balance is key this is a broad city inspired question Mm -hmm. who is the worst person like who is a terrible person that you'd still have sex with Mm. oh that for instance that we know abby selects oj simpson Ooh, yeah that's that's tricky (laughs) that's tricky um I would hate fuck Paul Ryan. Oh, that's good. Oh, that that is good. Will you peg him though? I want you to strap oh, it on. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's There'd a good be answer. a lot of really fun power dynamics and <laughs> great like catchphrases you could use. Swalla. I'm gonna he... fill a buster. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. I'm just saying if he if he uh, was not able to speak for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of one-sided conversations while uh, uh-huh. while. We did the deed that yeah. I could get across. You could, you could just I could get out a lot of anger out. Hate speeching while you ride that dick. Yeah. Um, mine would easily be Army Hammer. Oh. oh. <laughs> Cannibal this everybody bitch. agreed with that? <laughs> yeah. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. It's a new one. Oh, he wasn't a problem until fresh. recently. I think mine would be Tom Brady. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. That's fair. God, you guys yeah. are good at this. Mm-hmm. Fuck. We have a lot of problematic <laughs> Mike's like I guess it has to be Mitch McConnell guys <laughs> <laughs> you had great answers I really don't know and I've thought about this because I watch Broad City a lot mm-hmm. I don't because you still want them to be sexy right mm-hmm. that's kind of the point yeah it's like their only redeeming quality if you get a mm-hmm. hate fuck it, you may as well enjoy it yeah it's so hard because as soon as someone is like ugly on the inside it changes how you see their outside uh-huh. oh for sure and lost their army hammer <laughs> i i would fuck bieber um and the, he he's widely reviled well the biggest problem 
in my mind is that he wrote in the guest book at the Anne Frank house. I believe Anne Frank would be a believer. Um, oh my God. But was he like God. 14 when he did that? Yeah, but I don't think the attitude has changed much. <laughs> no, um, no, the neck tattoos say it all. And he's um, a little gross, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd give him the what for. <laughs> I'd peg him. Does it count as pegging if I already have the penis? <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's a DP. Oh. <laughs> All right. With that, I think uh, we're going to call it a day, ladies. And Cam. <laughs> Before we go, Aaron, if folks want to find more of my best friend's journal, do you know where they might find us? Sure. We're online at brooklynirishdancecompany.com. <laughs> You asked for that one. That's good. That's good. Uh, That's good. And you can follow me on Instagram at Brooklyn Irish Dance Co. <laughs> Sam, do you know where people may find us? On Instagram, MBFJ Podcast. <gasps> That's right. And our email is mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com. <gasps> well done. Absolutely it is. And uh, what's our website, Aaron? mybestfriendsjournal.com yeah. you did it hey. thank you ladies it has been such a pleasure having you here thank you for taking the time and for sitting in this very hot room for a long time while we recorded together I really appreciate you uh, before we go I will do my weekly ask please if you haven't done it already rate, review, subscribe share it with a friend uh, all of the above helps get the word out about this fresh new podcast <laughs> alright that just about does it for this week so until next time Mikey always remember if you've got a couple hours in Brooklyn I've got a lead and a fresh dick appointment <laughs> If I have to. Have to what? Suck a dick. Suck a dick. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap. We just got her to say it. Is that the pure goal of the question? (laughs) Suck a dick.